0: Hey guys, my name is Alex Holt-Cohan and you are listening to Lunchbox Radio. Now, before we get into the episode proper, I realized that I forgot to post a link to the new fancy kind of hub site. I put together for everyone to go check out the podcast and each individual episode of the podcast and the nice subscribe to the podcast button at the top of the site that you can just click. It's just a Tumblr blog, but there's also now links to both stories that I published on Medium and I'm gonna try and put out roughly one to two stories a month on Medium, just talking kind of about more of a cultural, not of a cultural aspects of anime as a medium. So the first story I wrote was five lessons on diversity as taught by anime. Um, that's up there. The other one I just published is an article about, kind of, the trials and tribulations of anime winning major television and film awards in the West, which is, kind of, comes on the heels of, if any of you guys have been paying attention, you'll notice that, like, movies like, to a lesser extent, um... Your Name, since Your Name technically came out in 2016, but to a greater extent Silent Voice, kind of got totally snubbed in the Oscars because there was no anime um, even nominated since there wasn't a Studio Ghibli thing that came out in this calendar year. Um, And also things like Marrying the Witch's Flower were also just roundly ignored But the big deal there is that that's happened year over year. Basically, if there's no, for anybody who is like new to that outrage, if there's no Studio Ghibli production out that year, anime just gets kind of swept under the rug and... And could, it's barely even considered by the Oscars, and tons of people are rightfully up in arms about that. So I wrote an article about some of the issues anime faces in kind of climbing the hill to that nomination. Um, but you can check that out at the link, which I guarantee you this time will be in the description below. Um, now, without further ado let's get to what we're talking about um which is devil man cry baby so for anybody who's not aware of um devil man i had heard kind of tons about it quietly but i never thought it out um partly because it has a reputation for this kind of mid-90s ultra-violence that I, as an anime fan, I'm totally aware of it, and I know it's out there. Like, I know Ninja Scroll's a thing. I've seen a lot of it. I've seen most of Ninja Scroll, but, um, I am not... That's not where my tastes lie. So, I never... So, I, I was like, oh, yeah, Devil Man's a thing. I'm... Maybe should go watch that since tons of people talk about it. But what I didn't realize is that Devil Man, Go Nagai, really, the original manga, the original manga for Devil Man, and a bunch of other works is really influential on things like, um, especially shows like Evangelion. But, I mean, I saw somebody on Twitter post a picture of a Pokemon next to Devilman. And they were like... It was like the Pokemon, the person whoever designed that particular numbered Pokemon was just staring at Devilman. Man was like, turn Devilman to a Pokemon right now. That is my only goal. So that's really interesting. And it's really interesting to watch the show... That was directed by uh, Misaki Yuasa, who, if you don't know anything about Misaki Yuasa, he um, also is responsible for the adaptation of Ping Pong and of Tatami Galaxy. Um, He has a certain style... It it is a very anime-esque looking style, but it has a flatness. That makes it look like it's almost perfectly tuned for something like Adult Swim. (laughs) Um, And it it takes some getting used to. If you're used to like, I don't know, like um, a show like... uh, Even a show like, um, if you go and you look at a show like Paradise Kiss, which has a very specific... Highly detailed, there's no questioning what everything is style to it, and then you jump over to a show like Devil to a show like Devilman Crybaby, to a, or even any Misaki Yuasa show, you'll notice it's a lot. Misaki Yuasa has a lot of great movement and. Emotion in the style that in his style, but it's not It's usually not concerned with like the hyper specifics of like look at this button lovingly like clasped to this person's shirt. It is more. I don't know this guy's a rapper so he's gonna wear a bomber jacket and overalls where he only wears the pants he lets the front of the overalls hang out Hang down, and it's like, it's all baggy and cool, yo. It has a, it, well, I'm trying to say it has a much flatter cart, cartoonish, almost street art style to it, which is, which is interesting, and it's interesting to see how that, how that handle used how that style is used to apply, as, when applied to like more complicated scenarios and more complicated scenes and more complicated um, visuals, but um, so Misaki this is Misaki Yuasa's... adaptation of a of, of Devilman Crybaby, the manga by a guy and Devil man basically he is this s- ultimate anti superhero he is the devil incarnate but he's also like a superhero and so he he saves people but not with a smile on his face and he but he also kills people and all this other stuff um, but basically the show, runs down the uh, I'm so spoiler alert at this point but I'm gonna run down the basic plot of the show it's 10 episodes if you wanna go watch it before you listen to this um it I would not recommend binging it unless you're super into being depressed afterwards cause this show gets fucking dark um but You can go binge it on Netflix, it's 10 episodes, I think it's like a standard 22 minute episode length, but basically the plot of the show is, um, there's this kind of wimpy kid, Akira, who lives in Japan, he doesn't live with his parents, he lives with, but he lives with his parents' friends? who are um really really religious the show the show has the same kind of obsession with christianity that um certainly evangelion does it has the same kind of focus on symbolism as evangelion does um although arguably it does not even arguably, it just does, it does a much better job of using that symbolism in its intended way instead of using the symbolism just as a pastiche for giant techno-babble robot fights. Which is what I think Evangelion does. Like, I watch Evangelion, I'm like, everybody's like, ooh, all the crosses and stuff. I'm like, yeah... They're just using this as an excuse to have giant monsters punch each other, (laughs) which is not necessarily a bad thing. But sometimes, the like religiousiness of Evangelion, I feel, gets in the way. But here, like the parents are religious, and like the so you have the dad who is like this. He is he is blonde with blue eyes, which by default means that he's American, because this is anime, and that's how anime works. If you're from America, you're blonde, and you have blue eyes. If you are somehow American, and you don't have those traits, like another character in the show, you are mixed race. You are half Japanese, half American. Um, But... So... Um, him and his wife are super religious. They never really... I think he's a... I think he's a priest. I'm not sure. They never make that super clear. But, they do make it clear that, like, he has a Bible. And, like, he's super into the Bible. And they say grace for dinner. Um, so... Uh, Akira, our main character, the guy who becomes devil man, does, he, he lives with this family, the, the Matsumoto family, and, um, his, he's not adopted, he's just living with them, so it's not like he's in the family proper. He has a mother and father who are, like, world famous traveling physicians, we'll get into how I feel about that. Later, I'm also planning a panel, an anime con panel on those kinds of parents, but we'll get to that later. Um, but he, as a as a child, he had a friend named Akira, who is this kind of sadistic little asshole of a kid. If um, if I could relate how the stereotypical way Akira is, Akira is. The the poke-it-with-a-stick-until-it-dies kid. He is also the burn ants with a magnifying glass because I enjoy watching death kid. Um, Needless to say, he is not a good kid. At some point, um, Akira meets this kid and his name is Ryo. At some point, Ryo leaves. And so... Akira is... On the track... Is kind of on the track team... But he's this kind of like... Very small... Wimp... Of a high schooler... And... But he lives with Miki... The girl who's called... The witch of the track... the, The witch of track and field... Because she's... Like super popular... Has a huge... Has a huge social media following... And social media plays a big part in the show... Um... And she also does like photo shoots, and basically she is a gravier, a gravier model, which is kind of like a soft core porn model. Lots of times, gravier models end up doing hardcore AV work, which is. Japanese way of saying these girls do porn um but gravier models are kind of at least they're supposed to be um limited to like okay we you're not gonna take any pictures naked you're always gonna be covered in some way by either like an object or a bikini but they're still, they're made to be, like, they're made to be, like, Maximum Magazine instead of, like, Playboy, basically. Um, but, so she's, like, this, like, track and field star, upcoming track and field star, like, gravier model, slash, like, all-around popular girl. Um, And Akira lives with her, and he's always kind of had a crush on her, But they lived together so he'd never been able to act on it because they make it really clear that it's not like a quote-unquote incest situation. It's just, it's like an awkward situation because not only does he live with her, but clearly not, she clearly isn't and her younger brother definitely isn't, but her parents are super religious-y. Which poses some, like, issues with dating and, like, banging and all that stuff. But, so, that's kind of, like, the relationship dynamics for Akira, our main character, and between his best friend, Ryo, who's a sadistic weirdo, who he who he kind of, who he kind of... insisted on being friends with, and then his, like... Childhood friend slash crush, um, Me slash crush Miki, who he lives with, and so basically, Miki's walking home from track practice one day, and she encounters probably the best thing in this freaking show, which is these rappers, and from what I from what I understand, when the the original characters for the rappers were just these like street punk hoodlum, like low level wannabe Yakuza kids um in the original manga, but Misaki Yasa brilliantly updated them to like beatboxing eminem M and M style rappers, just like and they're just these guys who are down in their luck. They they don't. They haven't been able to get an education. They haven't been able to get a good education. They haven't been able to like find a place in society. So they've become these like outcast people who are just really good at spitting hot rhymes. Um, and it. This show does a. Good job of showing them as like a commentary piece on like what are pe- what are people like this supposed to do in society and in any capacity? Like what what is their place? How do they like fit in? Not not even only to American society, but to definitely Japanese society. Like what 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 is there for? Like, you know, a tattooed up punk of a kid. How does, like, a, like, tattooed up punk of a kid get out from under himself to, like, even go get a store clerk job? Because for those of you who don't know, and they, this is, this is the first anime I've seen that's handled it like this. I can't say that not more, because a week later I was reading a manga, and the manga did kind of the same thing. But, um, much later in the story than the beginning, which is where we're still kind of in right now, um, the, the cop... Basically, these kids are accused of shoplifting for story reasons. But then, the person... the shopkeeper looks at them and like just sees them standing there but then he sees under the sleeve of one of the rapper's shirts a blue of like a blue band that suggests that's a tattoo and he kind of freaks out and calls the cops and the cops get there and even they assume like oh he's got tattoos he's a bad dude um for anybody watching this anime who's like what the hell Tattoos in Japan are kind of a no-no. because, And people, most people rarely have tattoos in Japan. That's still true today. Um, and that is because tattoos have largely, have almost entirely been adopted by members of organized crime, meaning the Yakuza. So if you have any kind of, like, Showing big beautiful ink the way you would in America, or most other countries, they look at you and they're like, "Oh, that person is a gang member." Now I have a friend from Great Britain who I saw when I was on vacation, when, and he said he has two full, he has two full half sleeves, um, from his elbow, from his, like middle of, his, from probably a little up his upper arm to his, to the top of his shoulder, and when he, when he went to Japan, he went to a, um, onsen resort, the owner of the hot spring said, you can't go in the hot spring, <laughs> you'll scare the crap out of our other guests, um, And he was like, it's fine, I guess, whatever. But that should give you an idea of, like, how unaccepting they are of just, like, the big, beautiful tattoos that, like, you see on, like, many, 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 lots of people around. But, so these guys, they serve, they serve multiple purposes in the show, but probably the best purpose they serve is to basically be exposition dump machines in the form of a freestyle rapping <laughs> which is really just like a really fascinating way to do to do that and like it's usually it's usually comf- uh, accompanied by atmospheric shots of whatever they're talking about so so like addicted to drugs and blah 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 blah, blah that you'll you'll like see like a pile of needles and whatever else they're talking about. Um now they encounter they're just kinda of like roaming around and looking for trouble and being idiots. And they encounter Miki and Miki's like, Oh no I gotta get out of here. These guys are bugging me and Akira trying to like be brave interrupts them, and he's like, you know, I'm, he interrupts them, but he can't quite pull it off, like, he can't, he can't be tough enough and imposing enough, because he's a wimp of a kid, um, to get them to back off, and they're like, hey man, fuck off, we're talking to this girl, um, and at that point, Ryo shows back up. In, like, this, like, in, like, these white sweatpants in this white, like, big collared lab coat thing. And he's just like, Akira, I need you, come here. And Akira's such a pushover that he does. And the way that Ryo gets them to back, gets the street, gets the street rappers to back off is he pulls an AK-47 out. And just, like, bread fires down, like, indiscriminately in a way that is disturbed. And he he fucks up the dock that these guys hang out on, which comes up later. But Akira just kind of like, okay, yeah, I'll go with you. And you... This is where you real. This is where you start to realize, like, oh, this kid is that. Def- this kid is the kid f- that um, Akira was friends with, and he never changed. He just got smarter and more assholey, and less just pointlessly sadistic. So, for whatever reason, probably because Rio knew he, uh, it presented. As Rio needed somebody that he could take advantage of, and Akira is that guy. That's explained. It's explained more later. Once again, spoiler. We're gonna go through the whole freaking thing. Um. But Rio's like, okay, I need your help. We need to see if like you can, like, I need your help. Basically, do- documenting and experiencing. This the like the latest fad called Sabbath parties and Sabbath parties are basically giant swing sixties style sex orgies to techno music. Just like show up, dance, have a good time, do a lot of drugs And then bang each other's brains out for like a night and so they go to one of these parties and the reason why he says this is because he says like you know devils quote unquote at first they call them devils and then later the dub switches it to demons which I don't get the delineation but um basically demons are being summoned inexplicably at these sabbath parties and they're showing up and they're, like, killing everybody, and then they banish. And Ryo was in South America, and he was studying these, these demons with a professor, and the professor basically got possessed by a demon, and he had to kill this guy and light him on fire to make sure he was dead. Um, But, so... They go to this big, bacchanal... ...crazy sex orgy party thing. And... Rio is like... ...this is really tame. Demons... ...a devil will never be summoned in this... ...in this atmosphere. It, like, it needs something. And then he takes out a knife... ...and he starts shanking people left and right. And once he's like... shanked just enough people... Basically, a portal opens up, and Akira gets possessed by Aman, the like, who is supposed to be the devil. And at this point, Rio is just like, let me get my video camera and film this because I want to study this. And that's how Akira becomes Devil Man, and Akira totally changes. He becomes this, like, super powerful being. But he also... He changes from... And this is a great metaphor for puberty or, like... Oh, some somebody really grew up over the summer. Um, he... Gets taller. He develops muscles. At one point, they show you that basically he's got a horse dick. Which is really, really disturbing and funny. Um... And he, like he looks like this big bad dude now, um. But he still has this kind. Of, he still has one key trait, which he cries, which is he cries about everything. And he's still, at moments, at least, a nice guy. But it's 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 definitely it pushes the the um. Puberty metaphor real hard, and from here on out, like he and Rio, or or he decides that he is going to try and help humanity with his power, and Rio, but Rio kind of sets into motion a plan that will end the world. Um, from there, I can you can go watch it yourself, I don't feel the need to go kind of through absolutely everything, everything, although I just said I would last a couple seconds ago, but hey. Um, but you, you have a rough idea of what you're in for and this this show is oversexed to the point of ridiculousness like, ultra-violent to the point of insanity uh, The way it was released and the way that it, the episode amount and the pace of the episode begs a person to binge it. But the content of said episode dares you to. Because like I said in the beginning, if you want to binge this, by all means, don't let me stop you. But just know that it is like very depressing and very viscerally viscerally violent in a way that many anime don't get the uh, don't get the option to be don't get the um, opportunity is the word I'm looking for they don't get the opportunity to be as violent as Devil Man is. Um. But the so I- I've had to force myself to watch this whole thing. I watched the first episode. I was like, I don't know, this thing's not my thing. It's a whole lot of like. dabbing and fucking in a way that i'm just like it it it, it feels partially because the animation st- it felt at first to me partially because of the animation style and partially because of the like way the content went was like this feels like it's being made for a 14 year old boy <laughs> like i teen who wants to watch something X-rated but he won't lie to watch porn on the internet. Like it 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 seems like it's got a very I at first glance it can have a very soft core snuff film feeling to it. Um kind of like that movie Crash, where they fetishize, not Crash, the one that won the Oscar, but a movie Crash, I forget who directed it, where they fetishize wounds, and they, like, they, specifically they fetishize car crash wounds? Um, this, the the first episode of this gave me the same feeling as that, which is like, oh, i ah. Maybe later. And my response to it was... Maybe later. The entire time. I was watching it... Until I finished it. And I forced myself to finish it. Um, I didn't do it all in one sitting. Um, because I would be just like... A withering heap if I did. But... After after seeing the whole ten episodes... A... Masaki Uosaka, in his directorial choices, makes it so clear that this was a reference point for so many other anime properties and so many other manga properties that you can't help but notice it. Like it, it he. The last frame, the last frames of the show look like the last frames of Evangelion. Just they just do, and you have this sense of, oh, this is this is what this show took from this. This is what that show took from this. This is how that character. This is that character archetype. This is the this other character archetype. But. A, I think the pacing could have been slowed down. I would have been okay with, like, a 10 to... Maybe even 24 episodes of this. But I also would have been okay with... I would have been okay if, like, the storyline had more opportunity to be explained and breathe. Um... I also I just this kind of story is not is not my style. I'm not saying that it's not a good story. I'm not saying that it's not a good anime. I I do think it's a good anime. I think it's a really good anime, but and a really good series. But I just in the year of our Lord 2018, I am not looking to be more depressed about the kind of nihilist take on we are all running towards the end of the world and nothing can stop it. Um, Because this anime does a really good job of showing, like, you know... of posing to you the idea of, like, maybe all people are just terrible human beings. Or maybe social media is ultimately bad. Um, Maybe in Fits of Rage, people blame, hurt, and kill people who are just innocently trying to stand up for what they believe in. Um and it's it's just it it does it does a good job of showing the world breaking down basically and it does a really good job of showing the, the con like action consequences no. There's nothing in this, in this show that is not done and then has an immediate consequence. Um, like, for example, um, Miki going to this, like, she, she, her crack shoot, her Gravier shooter with this sleazy, tabloid dude who, he, will, he like, has these aspirations to be a nude, to be, like, a real photojournalist, but he can only, but the only gig he can get is being a phony gravier, gravier photographer who secretly gets nude pictures of underage girls. For a living. And that's the only gig he can get. And but he wants to be a real newsman. So he has been preying essentially on Miki for a long time. Um and Miki kind of she's not so innocent that she doesn't understand it, but she's Will it? she's attempting to be oblivious enough that she hopes it goes away? Is the way is the way the show poses it? And the only he ends up getting offed because he tries, because he tries and successfully gets footage of people transforming into devils and eating other people, uh, and eating people, and. ...he gets footage of Akira transforming into Devilman... ...and... ...Akira and Ryo, at some point... ...basically kills him... ...not basically, like, does kill him... ...and his entire family... ...so... ...this guy's desperation... ...and... ...oh, no, Rio kills his family this guy gets turned into a devil. So basically this guy and his desperation lead him down such a dark path that he... It kind of, it sets up the building blocks for his death, basically. And it so to show does a really great job of illustrating, like, negative cause and effect theory in action. It's just like I said. It's not. It's not the kind of. Story. That I am looking. That that I really would ever look for. Am I against. I'm not against like dark stories. I'm not against. Even edgy stories or. Sex filled stories or any of that. Uh, I just, because of the way I experience and the way that some, I'm sure many people experience entertainment, I emphasize so hard with it, essentially, that it, it has a real effect on me and I, I, I feel that badness and that darkness and that, like, All of it at once... And it just... It puts me in such a bad place... That I... Like... I avoided this show... For a while... Um... Another... Another show that has a similar effect on me... But I... Keep watching it because... I hate myself inside I think... Is... Um... That show... Is A. Eureka 7... The sad parts of Eureka 7... If I'm like... Watching... I'm on an Ereka 7... ...capade, let's... Let, ...escapade, let's call it... ...in, like, the middle section... ...where shit gets sad... ...like, deep... ...dark... ...bottom-of-the-barrel... ...teenage... ...lost-love-depression-sad... I'll just like huddle up in the ball and cry myself into a puddle. If not in reality, definitely in my mind. Um, another show that does that to me is the like the manicness displayed in like the middle end ish arc. Of Soul Eater. Like that. Like Manic Madness. I feel that hard. I can't. But that's just me. And like. I know that's a me thing. I. I just. The. The majors, But the thing that helped me. Through those shows. That didn't help me here. Is. In those shows. Those sections are padded out. Because the storytellers know this is... this is fucking rough. To put a person's... to ask a person to, like, slide their brain through this particular section of this journey is just, like... it's asking them to, like, understand the mind of a depressed person. (laughs) And... Shows like Evangelion, um, like like Evangelion, actually mainly Evangelion, they they are big, specialty in my mind. Is they they don't let up the handle. They never pull the throttle back. They just say, "No, this is this is the reality for these characters. Like it or not, you have to respect it, and we want you to understand." Exactly what they're feeling. So we're we're never. We're going to. As little as possible. Let up on the fact that. Like. This is the way these characters are. And this is the way. This is how they feel. And like you as a viewer. Need to not only see that. But truly understand it. And if there's an accomplishment. Of. Devil Man by the end, is you, you really, truly feel, and understand all of the emotions of all of the characters who are still left alive, and many of the characters who aren't still left alive, um, because you, like, they, they take you from, like, a pretty standard anime mindset, so quickly into this like deep, dark, sad and angry betrayed place that before you know it you're just there and you don't know what to do with it and it's it's a it's a unique viewing experience. It's probably one of the best animes that Netflix has ever force i think um but it it's just it's very interesting so if you have the chance um you must at this point if you have netflix um go watch maybe the first episode or two if you like if you like it go for the full 10 experience the holy crap ava like Lifted whole things from this property that I experienced of like oh my god, um, and lots of things lifted whole things from this property and other Gona Guy properties, um, but yeah. So I I'm happy I watched this. I would not necessarily say that I am like super into having watched it but i'm happy that i watched it i think i think this is an anime that is important but it is not my cup of tea basically and it it's not because the animation style it's not because of the it's not even necessarily because of the storyline it's because of the nihilism of it because of the suggestion that the end of the show that the end of the show, and like the show basically they, the end of humanity is inescapable, and no one could have helped, and no one really could have helped because no one knew what they were doing. And that's just not something I want to subscribe to living in America in 2018 as a human being who is not in the majority of anything but gender and not even really that like I just not a thing I want to subscribe to so I like I said I think it's important I think if you're interested in the history of anime or where lots of anime cribs from, definitely go watch it. Um, It's got the Misaki Yuasa style, which if you've never seen one of his shows, is a great one to start with. Um, But uh, So that's been Devilman Crybaby. And if you liked this episode... Uh, You can subscribe to it on iTunes. You can also go to the link in the description and click the button and click the Listen on iTunes button at the top of the site. Um, And that will take you directly to the iTunes page for this show. And you can subscribe there. I would also encourage you to share it with all your friends. Let people know. Let Say like, hey... Do you like anime? Listen to this guy. He seems to know vaguely what he's talking about. Although also not at all. Um, But until then. I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. And I will talk at you next time.